This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Ijun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. And every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food culture in Malaysia. And I bring in some food friends and experts to talk about it. Coffee in Malaysia, like anywhere and everywhere in the world, is a massive, massive industry. We've got a strong coffee culture here with every street corner occupied by Kopitiam, every mall filled with Starbucks, and more specialty roasters and cafes popping up in different neighbourhoods every week. But despite the prevalence of coffee though, not many can claim to be experts at it. And to find out who the true masters of coffee are every year, there are competitions happening in Malaysia throughout the year. And just a few weeks ago, we've witnessed one of the biggest ones in Malaysia, the Malaysia Brewers Cup. And today, we brought in a contestant from this year's Brewers Cup, Henry Ng, to talk about his experience competing in it. And we also have his mentor, Sean Liu, who is the owner of Yellow Brick Road and Wizards at Tribeca, and also a past contestant and two-time winner of the competition. Welcome onto the show today, guys. Hello. So let's just start off with like an introduction to you, Sean, being a veteran of the Malaysian Brewers Cup. So what do you do and what does coffee mean to you? Wow. Okay. Hi, I'm Sean and I'm the Malaysia Brewers Cup champion 2017 and 2019. And I'm also the co-founder of Wizards of Tribeca and Yellow Brick Road. So coffee to me. Hmm. Um, I believe coffee is a beverage that was able to connect me with many people around the world. Um, I never thought that coffee was that powerful, that, you know, it's just not another cup of beverage, but it is a beverage that actually connects and builds relationships with people. So that was something that was really meaningful to me. Mm. And Henry, what's your, what's your background? My background, um, yeah, basically I just like came up from SPM um, and then straight away I joined uh, Coffee just because I stumbled upon a cafe that gave me a very, very different cup of coffee. And um, I believe that it was something that I really, really wanted to learn more about and then connect more people with that beverage. And so... I left with SPM and then straight away I joined uh, Wizards to, you know, start my journey in coffee. Mm, and so this the cafe that you said give, gave you a different cup of coffee was Sean's Cafe, Wizards. Actually, no. Wizards wasn't open yet. And um, it was someplace in, also in uh, Bukit Bintang. And then when I decided that I wanted to join coffee, um, Wizards was opening. And then I saw the... I saw the uh, renovation and whatnot starting. Then I was like, this place is owned by two champions. And I'm like, I have got to get in there. And then I just um, dropped an email and I went for an interview. And then there I started my career with Wizards. And 
with them. Mm. So let's talk about the Malaysia Brewers' Cup for a bit. Sean, with you being a multi-time champion, what is the Malaysian Brewers' Cup? What What is it about? All right, so the Malaysian Brewers' Cup competition uh, requires a barista to compete and brew coffee, but there are two separate components. So it's a 50%-50% uh, scoring system. The first part is called the compulsory service. So that's where you are given a pack of coffee from the organizer. So same coffee, um, like in Malaysia, there was the same uh, official brewing device. We have also have an official grinder sponsor and a boiler and a water. So everything is already given to you. So you, it's up to you as a brewer to brew the best out of this coffee. And you have to brew three coffees and to make sure that it's consistent throughout the three cups. The second part is uh, the open service. So the open service is basically you as a person. You have to find the best coffee to suit this competition. And you have to brew three of these coffees uh, to the panel of judges. There will be three judges who are the sensory judges. And we have one head judge who will basically evaluate all the three cups to make sure that it's consistent and to ensure that the cup quality presented is presentable. Mm, so for the second one... The open it? service. The open service, yeah. you're basically free to get whatever equipment you want and bring in whatever yep, beans yep, and yep, basically just serve the best correct, of the best. Correct. So it's that one is up to you, uh, your choice of equipments you want to use, the coffees that you want to use, um, the kettles you want to use. It's free for all as long as you brew three coffees. Um, same coffees. Uh, if not mistaken, you have to brew an Arabica coffee. you know, um, And definitely uh, you have to present that to the three judges. To mm. So Henry, what uh, what compelled you to join this year's competition? Um, was, was it Sean who was like, hey, maybe this year you should join? Huh? <laughs> uh, something like that. But yeah. uh, this is a, a quite a funny story. But yeah, maybe Henry can share with you a little bit more about this whole journey. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I didn't plan to join this year. So I was thinking maybe I join next year, which is like two, uh, 2021. And then... Um, the person that was supposed to join left the company this year. So I took on his position to, you know, join one year earlier. So and then I had to use a much shorter time to train to become a person that can brew on stage, you know, in front of many people. So yeah. Mm. It's like express, express. Yeah. yeah. Express and express even everything. Yeah, even with this like express timing yeah. for training. You did pretty well in the competition. Tell yeah. tell me about uh, how the competition went for you. Uh, competition went, I mean, there were many ups and downs, but uh, I had three months before I had to go for preliminary rounds. So that was like three months before and then I knew that I had to join. So within those three months, I had to get ready. And then the funny thing was around one month before my preliminary I had to change my coffee because the coffee that I was planning to use did not perform. So I had less than one month to train with a totally different coffee, with a totally different script. To, uh, and then I had to travel to Penang for that, to, to compete for my preliminaries, which was quite stressful. Yeah. Then after that, um, things went smoother. And then I got into the, you know, the, the, the mood of like training. Then everything went just snowballed to a better effect, yeah, mm. for my semifinals. Mm. I think to probably the average Malaysian coffee drinker out there, 
when you hear like, oh, I have a different coffee bean and I had to kind of retrain and use a different script, right? They're like, they're probably thinking like, coffee beans is just coffee bean. It's like, why do you need to redo everything, right? Tell me a bit about how important the the bean is when when making coffee and in particular for a competition like this. Like, why is the bean so important? And and why when you swap out a bean, you have to kind of scrap what you learned before with the previous bean and I mean, experiment. Yeah, you, you look at coffee, right? And one cup of coffee is like, most of it is basically water in terms of like, what's inside the cup and then if you think about like 90 plus percent of that cup is water and that little percent is what what is extracted from coffee right that means your coffee is what less than 10 percent but it imparts so much flavor inside your your beverage so having good coffee is going to determine how good your beverage is going to taste even though it has very very little chemical you know chemistry inside your cup so that little component is what decides what your coffee is going to taste like how good your coffee is going to taste like but you know people don't understand why you have to change your script uh, and everything but when you're serving coffee in a cafe and then people don't know what you're serving and then when you want to explain to customers you can't just use one script for every coffee. You know, you have coffee from different countries, different places, and then you can't just say, oh, this coffee is good, you know. That, that, that's not going to, like, attract them to drink. Mm-hmm. So with every different coffee, there's different characteristics and whatnot. And then, yes, it's a competition setting. You're going to have to explain to the judges what it is. But if you think about it in a cafe, then when you have customers around, you're going to explain to them in a similar way, of course, not in such formal way, but you similarly, you're going to explain what coffee it is and different coffee is going to have a different explanation. Mm, so, so, so give us a give us a taster, give us an example of how you described it to your to the judges. to the judges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So generally, um, to your average consumer, they they won't really want to know like oh what where is it from blah blah blah. Yes, okay. Like I mean, they won't want to know your who's the guy that is the farmer who who did this who did that, but. Um, for your regular consumer, you're going to want to explain to them what are they going to expect when they taste this coffee, especially when you're having filter coffee, which is lighter in body, you know, for average coffee drinkers, they're going to feel, oh, this isn't coffee, you know, it's like drinking tea, it's very light and whatnot. So you're going to want to tell them what to expect. You know, you have tea-like body, you have uh, juicy, juicy body, um, just like you're drinking apple juice, orange juice, you know, give them something to relate to so that they can process it easier. If not, they'll just be in the dark trying to find, oh, what am I tasting? This is weird, it's acidic, it's sour, what is it, you know? So giving them something to relate is uh, very important for them to learn how to taste specialty coffee. Mm. So in this year's competition, uh, yeah, there were preliminary rounds in the beginning. preliminary and then semifinals and finals. Mm. So how did the competition go for you in the semifinals and finals? Do you have any like hiccups or it go really well all the time? Um, semifinals went quite well. Um, and, I mean, there was one cup that, you know, I poured a little bit too much water and whatnot, but, but I still made the coffee taste well enough for me to get into finals. So that's that. And then finals was on the next day. And then during that uh, time 
from opening the bag of coffee to the next day, the coffee changed in flavor quite a bit. So on semifinals, my coffee tasted dominantly of like red apples. And then the next day, it turned into oranges, which was was very, (laughs) which was kind of devastating for me because my concept that I want to bring to the judges um, when I talk about, you know, relating flavors in this year's concept, I used color. So I had a coffee info card and then on there was different, different colors for them to relate. So it was like dark purple was black plums and red was for red apple. So... As you can imagine, if I had red apples, I had, you know, dominantly red color on my menu, which was printed out before my competition. Mm. So when my coffee changed to oranges, I looked at my menu and I have, I have like three hours before I, my, my presentation. So I took a grab car from competition venue to a mall to buy paint. <gasps> and then... Oh my God. I got a grab car back to the competition venue. I had paint brushes, I had pens and everything. And I just I just winged it. And then I just like repainted my menu backstage. And when I was done, I had one hour left before my presentation. So I was like sweating. I was like stressed and all that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. But um, finals went pretty well. Because like when you're backstage, you did all that. And when you're already in finals, it's more like you just want to enjoy you know, it doesn't really matter what's the result. It's just you want to enjoy, do your best. So I think that process of me having to change so much and then like go through that stress made me actually even more relaxed on the stage because you're like, you know, I gave it my all. So on stage finals was actually even better, you know, more smooth, more relaxed for me. Mm. Mm. And I'm sure you do even even better for next year because this year you look at it it's like all the stress and all the like rushes at Hopefully, the last minute yeah. yeah and you got third runner up right and yeah, then third runner up and yeah I can only see you getting better and better in the <laughs> upcoming years mm. um, but this year's winner was uh, Regine Y right yes and uh, Sean I heard you had a you have a friendly feud with her uh, oh. in the barista community, um, <laughs> which we're going to talk about in a bit. But right now, we're just going to take a really quick break. I've been speaking to Henry and Sean from Wizards at Tribeca. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. <laughs> Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I'm Jun and I've been speaking to Sean Liu and Henry Ng from Wizards at Tribeca. And we've just been talking about the Malaysia Brewers' Cup that just happened in mid-January, which Henry was a part of. But this year's winner, as you said, it was Regine Y. And she has a, uh, well, shall we say a friendly feud with uh, Sean going on. They were winners for different years. Sean, tell me about uh, what what's going on between the two of you. Well, Regine's a, a very close friend of mine, and um, I mean, she I've seen her grown in competition since 2015. Um, at that time, I wasn't a competitor yet. Um, 2015, uh, she competed in the first Malaysia Brewers Cup, and she was the champion that year. Um, I was coaching a competitor at the time. I was actually coaching my coach oh. that year. Yeah, so he was placed, if not second, he was fifth that year. And then... Uh, I joined the Malaysia Barista Championships in 2016. So that was my first national competition. Uh, so technically, I never competed with Regine <laughs> on the same stage, on the same competition. Um, we always competed alternate years. So uh, I competed in Barista in 16. I competed in Brewers' Cup 
my first ever competition in 17. So that was the year where I competed the first time and I was crowned the national champion that year. Um, I took a break in 2018 because Wizards was opening at that time and then Regine was competing that year. So that was, I think, one of the best years uh, for Regine because uh, she was the national champion and she competed at the World Brewers Cup in uh, Brazil and she was world number two. So Mm. that was an amazing time. And because the competition in 2018 was so close... It was in November, and it was very close to our national competition in January. So uh, she didn't compete, and I competed in 2019. So Because I was actually preparing for the 2019 competition for like a year. Because I was supposed to compete in 2018, but because uh, of Wizards uh, that was opening that year. So priority comes first, business comes first, and then I decided to take a break from competition to focus a little bit more on the business and coaching competitors, and then subsequently prepare myself for 2019. So, yeah, and then uh, this year, I decided to take a break because I wanted to actually coach uh, competitors to really build myself up and, you know, to really inspire the younger generation to, you know, spear the competition forward. And this year, I took that opportunity to coach Henry and one of our other versus uh, Sing Tong uh, for Brewers Cup. And yeah, so Regine was the national champion again this year. And I'm pretty, pretty excited for her competition in Melbourne at the Worlds. And hopefully she will be able to bring back that world title. Mm. Yeah, that's what she's been chasing for last. So right. I'm very, very supportive of her. Uh-huh. And for you, you've been a contestant, a winner twice, and now yep. a coach. What are some of the uh, biggest moments that you've had in this competition? Okay. So, um, to be honest, I never had... The most important thing that I always believe in is not to have any expectation. And most importantly is you have to have the sense of maturity to really prepare yourself very well. You know, um, even though whether you win or lose, um, you have to suck it up. And, you know, you have to really, like, learn from your past mistakes and how you're going to take it to the next level in your in your future competitions or even for your career as well. Uh, that's what I've learned. Um when I first joined Barista in 2016, no expectation. I just do whatever I'm supposed to do. Uh, I was placed third that year, uh, which I was quite happy already because mm. I was competing with Baristas who are very, very uh, experienced. Yeah, in, and for in you, it was like you were considered an amateur. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 at that time. Brewers Cup, on the other hand, uh, was something... My, my first year, right, it was quite different. Because I was from Barista jumping into Brewers, but before I made that decision, I needed to make sure that I have the right people in place to be with me for this competition. So uh, Jason was competing. So Jason is my business partner, and he was also the Malaysia Barista champion, 2013, 15, and 17. And he's also world number seven uh, that in 2017 as well. Uh, he was focusing on the competition that year because we were competing the same year but different categories. Hence, that's why I chose to compete in Brewers Cup. Mm. So I didn't want to compete in Barista with Jason. So uh, I got my Barista, uh, who was my coach. At that time, he was working with me, Yellow Brick Road. And then he, I asked him like, hey, uh, since you've competed in Brewers Cup before um, and you're taking a break, why not you coach me so that you can become a better competitor in the future? So he took on that role and uh, I worked very closely with my roster in Singapore. And then we decided to work closely with also Sasha. Sasha Sestik is the World Barista Champion 2015. And he has access to lots of uh, good green coffees for competition. So I took that opportunity to just try my best and like, you know, just compete and see how it goes. And when they announced that I was the national champion that year in 17, I was like, 
okay, so what do I do now? Because it was my first time in my in my life that I won something in my entire, whenever I was growing up. I, I never, I'm not the kind of person like, you know, who compete in stuff. And I managed to win something and it was incredible, you know. Mm. Um, and from the way you put it, it's like, oh yeah, I just decided to go into this competition yeah. and try my best. Yeah. Eh? And it turns out I'm the, I'm the winner. Yeah. <laughs> so that time it was like, it's very, very new to me. So mm-hmm. in my entire preparation was to make sure that, you know, I do well and, you know, to make sure that my calibration for coffee is on point, to make sure I'd be able to identify like what's good, what's not so good. And if it's good, how do I do better? If it's not good, how do I improve? You know, mm. it's all about growing, you know, and uh, how to always do better. Mm. Never get too comfortable. So that's the most important thing that I've learned. And then that's what the 17 competition and then prepping for Worlds is very similar. Um, of course, you need more extra work as well into the, for, for for Worlds competition. For 19, um, because of my experience the first time at the Worlds, preparing for the Nationals was also as equally tough. I also went through a very similar uh, thing with Henry. Um, there were always ups and downs. So, like, I had a concept that I wanted to present. And I remember it was very, it was very, very clear. Like, in 2018, uh, towards the end of the year, before the preliminaries, I had a concept in mind that I wanted to put forth. Um, Jason was, I guess I was traveling, and uh, I needed Jason to really run through with uh, the coffees and to taste whether the concept works or not. And I remember receiving a text from him like, okay, Sean, um, just to let you know that the coffee doesn't taste well with your concept. Uh, I think you need to switch concept because I was playing with different cups and it didn't work. And uh, if I try with this cup, uh, if they choose, if the judges choose another cup, then you will score really bad. Mm. And if you choose this cup also, you won't score equally as good either. So you need to scrap off the idea and you need to like change your script and mm. change your concept. So your concept was basically like different cup shapes and yes, giving correct. you different correct. flavors so, and aromas, correct. right? That's right. Mm. And uh, I was in Japan at the time traveling with my partner and uh, on the spot, like, okay, when I received that message, I was like, okay, so I need to switch concept and I only have like le- legit like a month before the comps, right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to do something very different. I'm going to challenge myself to like come up with a script and I managed to secure that script and that concept like within a day. So that's what happens is like because of my experience at the Wolves and in Malaysia in 17, so for me to come up with concepts and whatsoever was pretty quick because mm-hmm. I kind of know like, okay, what do I have to do? And then uh, I came back from Japan and I ran through my whole entire concept with Jason. Jason said, okay, let's just do it and then let's try mm, and so see wh- how's the feedback. So what was this competition winning script that you had? I focus a little bit more on customer service, like and uh, getting to know because I, I I try to simulate a very similar interaction. Like you know, when, when I'm having at a cafe, I will get to know my customers a little bit better, um, and then sharing my brew recipes with them because that's what they normally don't, they normally would ask. Like normally, as a home, most of the customers sometimes they oh I want to brew coffee at home, I want to brew exactly like you. Uh, what kind of recipes do you use? So exactly what I shared on stage. So mm. I told them a little bit more about the recipe. I share with them. I get to know their names and share with them a little bit more about the cup profile, about this coffee. So, which was good. And then the advantage is, um, I had the opportunity to actually work with a coffee producer himself. Um, 17 was one of the best times of my life because I actually went for my first coffee farm trip to Panama. 
Oh, wow. So, like, an average Malaysian is like, huh, you're going all the way to Panama <laughs> as your first coffee farm trip. I'm like, yep, that's right. Because I've never <laughs> been to a coffee farm in Malaysia or even in uh, Indonesia or Thailand because it's, like, so close to us, right? Mm. And then, like, uh, Sean's co- first coffee farm trip is to Panama because <laughs> that was also arranged by Sasha because he was like, Sean, you need to go to Panama and you need to meet your coffee producer to understand more about your coffee. I'm like, Sure. <laughs> so I was prepared for it. So I had the opportunity to work with Mr. Jameson Savage, who is the producer of Finca Deborah. So this is the coffee that uh, Henry also used this year in the national stage. And uh, I have a very good relationship with him. In fact, I just uh, had a casual chat with him yesterday about competitions and about coffees and processing. So that was one of my advantage uh, to the comms. Again, it's like having to have that relationship uh, with your coffee producer, and I said, as I mentioned earlier, like how coffee is like a just a normal beverage, but it's it's amazing how this normal beverage could actually connect uh, you with so many people, and they actually can build relationships with people in mm. the industry. You know, uh, so that was the best part, and having the advantage of you know uh, having a good script, you know, good concept, uh, something that no other brewers have done it before. And working with an amazing producer who understands the coffees uh, well enough and shares the same common value and goals with me. So that's very good. Mm. And apart from that, uh, I've also worked with a roaster based in Singapore, Yang. So he is one of the best roasters that I've worked with. Uh, apart from my Malaysian roasters as well, I've got great roasters in Malaysia as well. Um, Yang and I, uh, we're almost the same age, a few years apart, although he's younger, but uh, he really, really worked really hard and we synergize a lot about, you know, getting the best coffees out on stage. Yeah, and with so many, like, people in the industry doing so many cool, cool things, like you and Regine representing Malaysia on the world stage and even your partner, Jason, and then there's Keith from One Half as well. Yeah. Um, seems like Malaysia's coffee industry is doing pretty well. Is that a sentiment that is shared throughout the, the coffee industry in Malaysia? Do you feel that Malaysia's coffee industry can compete and match with the other industries out there in the world? Okay, um, I travel a lot, you know. Um, I travel to many, many countries to try coffees and I really feel sometimes, I, I, always, I always tell Henry, like, you know, whenever I travel, um, coffees in Malaysia are amazing. I... I think Henry shares the same sentiment with me as well mm. because I think he travels a lot too and mm. he realised that actually in Malaysia we have a lot of good coffee shops yeah. and uh, a lot of good cafes that serve good food, good coffees um, and pretty much because we are still a growing coffee community mm. and uh, there are a lot of countries around the world that are pretty much stagnant already and they are very comfortable with what they are doing which is good in their, way, in their own ways. Uh, but for us, it's like, you know, uh, when people tell me, oh, you know, uh, you can always go to uh, Melbourne for great coffees, you can go down to Singapore for great coffees and the, the States and stuff like that. We're like, actually, why why are we talking a lot about countries that are so far away from us? Actually, right here in Malaysia, mm. there's so many good coffee shops around and serving very, very good coffees. Mm. So I think we should be very proud of our Malaysian coffee uh, owners who own coffee shops and... The baristas as well. I think everyone should be very proud of how our baristas within Malaysia have grown 
uh, tremendously over the past years. You know, uh, Jason actually was in fact uh, one of the pioneering uh, earlier barristers in 2012 at the time. And you can see him grow like, you know, from there and all the way to world number seven. You know, it's quite a great achievement as well. And mm. then like, you know, people like Henry, you know, he's started off very young. He's, mm. twi- he's 20 this year and he's achieved so much in a very short period of time. I know it's all about continuous learning. Ultimately, for us as a business owner, we, what we want together as, a, as our team is to really push for, for better tasting coffees for our customers. Mm. And Henry, with you being the next generation of, of top, top baristas in <laughs> Malaysia and possibly the world as well, uh, where do you see the coffee trends heading in, in the next year or so in Malaysia? I think it's very hard to say in Malaysia, especially because what what difference you know that we have from other countries is we're always trying different things, different new things. You know, um, yeah, other countries have like good coffee, but you realize that you know from one place to another, it's kind of the same. You know, it's kind of stagnant. But Malaysia, we try many different things, many different brewing methods, devices. We have uh, different recipes. We, we try to think out of the box. So trends may be harder to say. Um, overseas, they're always having like uh, automated coffee uh, robots and whatnot mm, that's right. coming out. Mm. Yeah, But uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen in Malaysia anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I think in Malaysia, it's more, I feel more younger people are coming out for coffee, which is something that I really support because in a world that people look very highly of like mainstream careers and whatnot, F&B to, you know, many parents is like something that they don't want their children to be doing. But um, I mean, if it's a career that is right for your children, I think, you know, it can be a really, really fun and a really, really good learning process. Mm. Yeah. And for you personally, in the upcoming year or so, what are you going to be focusing on? Um, Most probably going to join for next year as well. Mm-hmm. For competition. For the competition. Yeah. Right. So probably going to focus more on learning you know, the differences of different, different type of uh, coffee processing and uh, experimenting with bolder types of brewing methods, you know. So you just want to have more creativity. Um, so it's not just everybody's brewing the same way. Yeah. So more on just R&D, a, mm. lot, a lot of R&D. Yeah. And finding like different niches and being more creative with like, yes, the coffee yes. as well. Mm. Cool. So... Sean, recently I've seen like a few places that have been mixing coffee and alcohol or other like juices and whatnot and creating something that's quite different from the regular coffee that you'll get at your regular cafes. Is that a future trend, uh, upcoming trend that you see happening? Um, I think that will be a current trend uh, that will take place I think over the next few years, uh, you can see there are some places that are currently creating uh, coffee cocktails. Uh, in fact, one of my cocktail bars have a coffee cocktail there. Uh, two, in fact, uh, two coffee cocktails. There's also another place in uh, in Damasara Heights called Happy, Happy Stand. Sun, right? Yeah, Happy Stand yeah. with Carl, Carl 2 and VCR. So they do coffee cocktails as well. So what we are trying to educate the consumers is to understand that, you know, um, we can actually mix coffee and alcohol together and there's actually a specific competition just for that oh uh, it's called the coffee and good spirits 
So that's where uh, you, Great name Yeah Coffee goes red So that's an <laughs> amazing competition It's really fun And yeah It's all about mixing coffee And alcohol together But it's also very important Like you know uh, To know and understand A little bit more about your coffee And what kind of spirits Will fit into that coffee Because sometimes like You know The coffee tastes like this But you mix another spirit Then it'll taste like Quite weird mm. But if you mix it quite well If you understand your coffee quite well And you mix it with a, a, The right spirit It can taste so yummy Mm. So that's what we are looking at uh, for the next few years. Mm. Like and w- coffee w- cocktails. Flavor wise, like what does the coffee bring into the cocktail realm, or vice versa? I guess like spirits bring to the coffee realm. Um, so, like for example, like uh, I just give you an example. So, like for example, if your coffee is like are from Ethiopia, it tastes like you know like berries and stuff like that. So, the right fit will probably be you know maybe to use a a, co- a spirit like gin. Gin and Ethiopian coffees work really well. Mm. Um, like for example, like coffees from Guatemala, you know, um, there are sometimes some of the Guatemala coffees are a bit chocolatey as well. So it would probably work well with rum or with whiskey. Yeah, right. So things like that. So you have to understand your coffee a little bit more first, the processing and what does it, what are the flavors of the coffee, and then subsequently work with the spirits that uh, that will suit that coffee. And also mm. it works hand in hand with all the other ingredients that will build the cocktail. Right. Yep. Oh, that's really interesting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. We'll see more of those yeah, in, in the, the coming, coming months. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, and I guess just to wrap things up, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you and where they can get a good cup of coffee? All right. So you can actually look for us at Wizards at Tribeca down at Jalan Imbi. Mm-hmm. Or you can also catch me at Yellow Brick Road at Jalan Batai and Damansara Heights. So that's where you can grab some great coffees as well. Mm. Cool. Uh, and wishing you all the best for your competition next year, thank Henry. You, thank you. And you as well, Sean. If and when you decide to compete again and win again, or even like mentor Henry whenever. And thanks again for coming into the show today, guys. Thank you. Thank you. That's all we have for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or visit our website at www.bfm.my. And if you're hungry for more recipes or funky food writing, you can find those on my blog at junantonic.com. That's J-U-N-A-N-D-T-O-N-I-C.com. I'm Jun, and you've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.